I want you to start making your way to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in the New Testament is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, to the believers in Ephesus. And, and, and it's, all, it's an amazing letter in the Bible because it's, especially the fifth chapter where we're going to go and read from today. The fifth chapter of Ephesians, to me, I like to say that it's, it's like a mini Bible inside a Bible. Because it tells us a lot of st uh, stuff about uh, how to do life, how to be a parent, how to be in a marriage uh, relationship, how to raise a household in the ways of the Lord. So we're going to go there. If you're there, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be reading a couple of verses. We're going to be reading verses 15 through 17. And if you're there, can you say amen? Amen. amen. All right. Let me, let me open mine and let's see if I can see. Because you know what? I'm, I'm like, like, like we like to say here, I'm more mature than a lot. And, and I think I run out of... Uh, arm here sometimes but anyways <laughs> that was too hard that was <laughs> where's the light right here okay here we go <laughs> Ephesians 5 starting in verse 15 it says be very careful and you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop a little bit right there and and and, and whenever you see in the Bible and it's not that many times in the Bible when you see that God says this and God is using Paul to say be very careful so whenever you read that, that phrase, be very careful, it should be something for us to stop and start paying attention and start getting our, our pens and our, and our notes ready. And this is where it says, uh, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity. You know, in some other translations, it says, redeeming the time. And what, what does the word redeem mean? Well, redeem, if, if you look at the definition of redeem, means, it means get back, buy back, ransom back. And I don't know about you, but another aside here real quick is that aren't we glad that we also have a redeeming God? Aren't we glad that we have a God that says, I'm here to redeem you. I sent my son Jesus to redeem you of whatever you were doing before. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, why, why am I even here? You know why? It's because God wants to redeem you. God is a redeeming God. But anyways, that, that's another teaching. It's an amazing teaching there. Uh, and it says, making the most out of every opportunity because the days are evil. Everybody know that the days that we're living today are evil, right? I mean, all you have to do is read the news or listen to the news, and you know that we're living in some uh, evil times. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So, so, so Paul is, is, is saying, you know, uh, there's some, some crazy times that we're living in. And what I love about the Bible is, and I don't know if you've ever come across someone that says, oh, you know, that's an old book. That's a book that was written 2,000 years ago. But you know what? What I love about the Bible is that it always stays relevant. You know, here we see something that happened, yeah, a long time ago where Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus a long time ago. But we can honestly stand here and say, you know what? This is the same thing that's happening here today. So therefore, we can glean from it. Therefore, we can, we can go and say, you know what? We can learn from some things. So before we keep going, why don't we just uh, close our eyes, bow our heads, and let's ask God to bless our time together, and let's ask God to, to reveal himself to us this morning. Father, we thank you that we can come to this house. We thank you that we can worship you. We thank you that we can honor you with our finances. And Father, right now we get ready to, for you to teach us, Lord God. Father, we, we pray that you open our eyes to see what you want us to see this morning. We pray that you open our ears to, to hear from you this morning. We don't want to leave here the same way that we came in. Allow us to, to get our priorities in order so that we can have stronger families, stronger marriages, stronger church. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. So, so I got a question. Like I was saying before, there's one thing that we have in common, and that's that we all have a relationship with time. And we all have, uh, some of us have a hate relationship with time. Some of us have a love relationship with time. Some of us have a love-hate relationship with time. But we all have a relationship with time. I mean, uh, before I continue, I want to say this is an elbow-free zone, okay? I don't want to say anybody going like this or this is for you or, uh, you know. But, but let me ask you a question. How many of you know someone that can never make anywhere on time? Wow. <laughs> Ooh, somebody said my wife. Oh, that's not going to score points. <laughs> How, how, how many, how many, and this might be you, how many of you can, 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 never, can never plan or can never say, okay, I, I have enough time to do whatever, fill in the blank. I know that I've been there. You know, I, I, I'll share something with you, uh, that, that's something that was funny. Maybe this happened to some of you, maybe it's never happened to anyone. Maybe I'm the only one that, that's crazy that this happens to, but um, a few years ago, um, in, in a previous job that I had, I, there, I was scheduled to go to a training. This is a very important training. As a matter of fact, if, if, if I didn't go through this training, then I couldn't keep my certification and I would have to do a whole bunch of things. So it, it, it was something that was crazy. So it was something that you need to schedule ahead of time. It was something that you need to be there on time. Make sure that you're there the whole time. You have to take a test at the end. And, and, and it was something important. So um, I had to schedule it and I, I made sure that I scheduled it and I made sure that I was there. And, and, I, and on the day that I, the Monday, I mean the Sunday before uh, I had to be there, I went on my, my agenda, and I'm like, okay, I got to be there. I, I, I got a, a directions to the place. Back then, we didn't have GPS or something like that, and it wasn't that long ago, okay? <laughs> Woo, that's a rough cry. You, know, you guys have come, come on. But anyways, we didn't have the, what we had. Waze was not around back then. Let me just say that, right? So, so I had to call the place. Okay, what's the fastest way there? You, you, you know, it was in another county. So, but, but anyways, I, I got everything right. I got you know, I make sure that I have plenty of time. I, you know, I-95 North, it gets really hectic on a Monday morning. So I make sure that I had enough time. So I'm driving. I, I'm, I'm having breakfast in the car. I get all the way up to the, to the training center. I'm there, and I get there, and, uh, you know, I, okay, I know I'm early, but there's no one around. So I, I go up, and I, okay, there it is. I, there, there's a door. You sign in, and they, they tell you to go to a room, and I'm sitting down in a room, and people start coming in, and, and, and people start um, getting seats and signing in. And then uh, uh, Sharp, at 9 a.m., Sharp, uh, the instructor comes in and says, hey, good morning, and starts greeting everybody, and, and then it starts calling the row. Right? Okay, if you're here, we want to make sure that everybody's here. And once you go answer your name, then we're going to make you sign stuff because we want everybody to go. This was so strict that it, even if you went to the bathroom and you came back, you had to sign in and out. That's how strict this training was, right? So they start calling names and calling names and calling. And, and my name is not being called. My name is not being called. So he calls everybody. And, and then at the end, you know how instructor said, did I miss somebody? And I'm, you know, I I'm like, okay, I'm the only one here, right? So, yeah, you miss me. I say, hey, what's your name? I give my name, and he starts looking, and I don't see your name here. I say, oh, man, but I'm supposed to be here. And so I said, yeah, you're supposed to be here when? So I'm saying, I'm supposed to be here. And then I look at my agenda again. I say, I'm, so, I'm, I'm supposed to be here uh, next Monday. <laughs> 
So I felt like a fool, right? <laughs> has, that, has that ever happened to anybody here <laughs> that you have scheduled something, you showed up, and, and it's like, you know, this happened too to my wife a, a couple of weeks ago. She, she, she serves here in one of the ministries here, and she showed up. She, she was really hyped. She had all her, her, her ministry shirt and stuff like that, and she shows up, and she said, no, no, you're not supposed to work today. It's next week. So it happens to everybody because we all have uh, something with time. And you know why these things happen to us with time? It's because we, we, and, and when I say we, I'm mostly talking about me. I know that you guys don't have this problem but 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 me right we we so, sometimes our time and the way we do with our time is not in order and and, and what that does is it causes stress to us it, it, it makes us to, to to like really freak out when things happen like that like now i gotta drive and i gotta schedule it again you know because how we spend our time reveals the order of our priorities you know, we learned last week that, well, I don't really have to know you personally to know what kind of person you are. You know, we, we, we learned last week that if we, if we want to get to know you, if we want to get a snapshot of who you are, all I got to do is, uh, let me see your, 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 your check balance account and let me see your calendar. And I can pretty much say what your priorities are and what important things you're dealing with by where you're spending your money and where you're spending your time. That, that, that's what happens. That's, 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 that's the, real, the real bottom line here. How we spend our time says a lot about what our priorities are. And we're living in a day and age where, where there's a lot of things fighting for our attention. There's a lot of things fighting for our time. All we have to do is drive around or listen to the radio or watch TV, and it's one thing after the other, second after second, or things like, you need this, you got to have that, you got to buy this, why don't you come see this, why don't you come listen to this, why don't you get into this? And before we know it, we're so, into, we're so trying to figure out so many things that we lose track of what's important. We lose track of what's happening in our lives, and that gets us off kilter. That gets us off kilter. So uh, what I want to do is I want to do it in two sections today. I want to spend the first part of the time that we have talking uh, going over some things because I know that what I'm going to tell you, when I start talking about it to you, you're going to say, well, I know that. I know that. So it's not about knowing it. It's about applying it. You know, it's not about knowing it. It's about applying it. We learned last week, we learned last week the difference between wisdom and what? And knowledge. You know, knowledge is the gathering of information. You know, we have a lot of things that we can get information from. And then wisdom is knowing how to apply that information. So it's not about knowledge. I know you guys know this that we're going to be talking about. But is it the, are we having the wisdom to apply it? So we're going to be talking about some time principles. Some very time principles. That this has been forever. That if you study time, if you study people, if you study uh, the way things are done, this uh, stays consistent throughout the ages. But it affects us today. It affects us today, and sometimes we forget about it. So we're going to talk about that. I, I, I want you guys to lean in. I want you guys to get a, a pen or, or start writing a notes or on your phone or whatever it is that you take notes and stuff like that. And start listening. Start asking God, is this, how does this relate to me? So I'm going to talk about five time principles. And here's the first one. Here's the first one. Time is our most valuable asset. And I know you heard this. I know you heard this, and you're saying, yeah, it's true. Time is our most valuable asset. But you see, there's one thing. We have the same amount of time in every day. Now, we, we don't all have the same amount of time in life. You know, we don't all have the same amount of time in, in life. Some of us, we don't know how much time we have. But we do know 
that we have the same amount of minutes in every hour, the same amount of seconds in every minute. That never changes for any one of us. You know, we all have 1,440 minutes in a day. You can Google it if you want, if you don't believe me. I wasn't that good in math, but, but then, you, you know, 1,440 minutes in a day. And you know what? You can't make 1,441. You can't add one more minute to your life. But haven't you heard this? Haven't you heard this? Because I've heard it. I, you know, I do a lot of counseling. I do a lot of coaching. And when I sit down with people and, and, and I try to work some things out with them and we're going over things that are happening and they're going crazy and we find out an issue that they need to work on, they, they always say, yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I just need to make time for that. And you know, have you heard that? Have you heard that? I need to make time for that. Once I hear someone say that, I need to make time for that, my response is, you know what? If you keep that mindset, you're not going to do anything about it. Because you cannot make more time. You cannot make more time. We have the same amount of time every day. You can, we can prioritize the time that we have. That's what we can do. We can prioritize the time that we have. It's not about time being lost either. Have you ever said, oh, you know, I, I'm wasting so many times. Uh, time is lost. You can't lose. You can't find what is never lost. You know, when people tell you, I got to find time for it. Well, you know what? The time is not lost. <laughs> How can you find something that's not lost? You know, I can't say, you know what? Uh, my water bottle is lost. I got to find it. No, it's there. It's the same thing with time. You can't find something that is not lost. We have a set amount of time that's been made and set, and there's nothing that we can do about that. We cannot make more of something that is already made and set. So that's the first thing. We, got, we know that time is, is, is our main asset. And, and we see this. We see this that Moses, in, in, in the Psalms, Moses was talking to God, and he realized this. He realizes that, 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 that time is short. Because you see, even God says that. God says, you know, life is nothing but a vapor. I don't know if you realize that, but I know, I know that in my life, as I look back through the years, I can, I can honestly say, time flies. You know, I still remember, I still remember when I brought my firstborn son home from the hospital. And it was an amazing, uh, moving experience. You know, my wife and I came, and you know, I didn't even know how to work that baby seat, the car seat, and whether it was, and, and to be there this morning, standing on the side and seeing him here playing, time flies. Time flies, and it doesn't stop for anyone. It doesn't stop for anyone. So, but Moses realizes this, and in Psalm 90, uh, verse, uh, verse 12, it says this, and, and they're going to bring it up on the screen. It says, look what it says. Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. So Moses, who was the one that led Israel out of slavery, we heard about that last week when, when Moses was the one that uh, he led them out of slavery, and he, he, he realizes, you know what, we're not going to be here forever. And we got to make sure that what we're doing is, 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 is investing in what's important. And he says, get, teach us how to number our days. Now, he's not really asking there for God to reveal to him when you're going to die. But what he's asking God is to say, okay, God, teach us how to best invest our time every day. In the 24 hours that I got today, in the next hour that I have, in the next 35 minutes, whatever it is that I have, teach us. So we can gain a heart of wisdom. And King David also was asking for this too. If you read in Psalm 39, verse 4, look what it says there. It says, show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. King David also realized, you know what, I'm not going to be here forever. 
but God, what I want you to show me is the time that I have here. How can I best invest it in honoring you? How can I best invest it in, in serving you, in focusing on you, and making sure that I'm doing the things that are important in your agenda, not in my agenda? And that was those were the things. So that was the first thing, time is our best asset. The second thing is, the second time principle is that we can't manage time. We can't manage time. And I know what you're going to say, whoa, there's a little controversy there. I know what you're going to say. There's a whole industry that's been built around this, this, this thing about managing time. You, know, you go to any Barnes and Nobles or you Google it or you go to Amazon and there has been hundreds if not thousands of books written about teaching you how to manage time. You know, Albert Einstein say this, the statement of man I can manage my time is an oxymoron. You cannot manage time. You can't manage time. You can't manage something that will not stop. Time will not stop. So that how can you manage it? Time will not stop. So how can you manage it? You know, we, you, can, you, you can say, okay, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to try to do this or that. But you cannot manage time. What we can do is look at the opportunities that we have every day, throughout the day, in every hour, and see how we can prioritize that. But you can't manage something that will not stop. You can only prioritize our time. And also know this. Your priorities will change. Your priorities will change through, the, through your life. That's what King David was saying. That show me that the end of my day. Show me how I can be better serve you. You know, my priorities might not be the same as someone that is young and just newly married. Like, like I see a couple here that I had the honor and privilege of marrying a few weeks ago. Right? Jason and Han. I can pretty much tell you that their priorities are not the same as my priorities, Right? Right? I already have kids. I already have, my kids already moved out of the house. Uh, you know, my wife and I are in different priorities. They're just starting. So you know this, your priorities will change over time. So that's something else. But you can't, but you can't manage it. You can only prioritize how you're going to better use it. Number three, number three time principle is this. We can't do everything. Newsflash, <laughs> we can't do everything. And this applies to uh, all of us, but... Uh, Best examples is when you have a family, right? If you're a family member here, if you're a couple, or if you're husband and wife, or even a single parent, you know that time, life gets busy, especially if you got kids, young kids, right? This happened to me when our kids were growing up. We found ourselves, my wife and I found ourselves, like, okay, we, you, you got to take her to ballet. You got to take him to, 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 to karate. Ah, you know, you got you to take that one to baseball. And before you know it, you get caught up in all kinds of things, right? But are they important? Because we have to understand and we have to identify the, the, the two main things. What is urgent in my life for what is important? And you, and you might say, but isn't that the same thing? No. Urgent doesn't necessarily mean that it's important. And important doesn't necessarily mean that it's urgent. Right? So we have to, to have the wisdom to know, okay, well, what is important in my life? And that's what I'm going to focus on. Because sometimes what is urgent might not be important. But sometimes we allow the urgent things in our life to swallow our time. Well, we then neglect the important things. You know, there might be something in my office where I say, you know what, it's urgent. I have to finish this outline for a meeting tomorrow and I have to stay overnight. But you know what's important? Spending time with your wife. You, you know what's important? Well, well you know what? I, I, you know, I, I got to work tomorrow. It's Sunday. I know I got to work tomorrow, but I got to get, if I get this thing. I, I, but you know what's important? Being in the house of God on Sunday. Asking God to show you how you need to spend your time. 
That's what's important. See, see the difference between urgent and important? Man might tell you what's urgent. God will tell you what's important. Man will tell you what's urgent. God will tell you what's important. So who are you going to ask? God, show me what's important. Show me the things that you really need me to focus on. Because you can't do everything. You can't do everything. You're going to realize, you know what? Instead of having my kids in three different sports and four different seasons going on and everything at the same time, you know, it's more important for you to be in the stands watching your son play than for you to have him at different places so that you can do something else in your career, in your job, or anything like that. You got to learn how to make the difference between what's urgent and what's important. So that was number three. We can't do everything. Now, number four. This is a, this is a real uh, a cool, cool principle. This is num- n- number four. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up on the screen. Commit to doing something important every day. So now you have figured out, okay, what's important? I'm going to commit to doing something important every day. You know, and there, there's a principle about that. And Andy Stanley, who's one of, I think is one of the best communicators, best preachers of our generation, he says, there is cumulative investments that we do when we do something every day, even for short periods of time. And you know, you know what that means is that if you, if you said, okay, you know what, for the next 21 days, which is, it takes 21 days to make a habit. For the next 21 days, I'm going to commit to have lunch with my wife or I'm going to commit to get in the word I'm going to commit to uh, pray I'm going to commit to you know you might not see the results right away and that's why we quit a lot of times right for example you say okay I'm going to get in shape and I am in shape by the way no, no, no. <laughs> but, but, but what do you got to do uh, I'm going to get in shape right so I'm going to go to the gym but if I go to the gym only one day and then I come back and, say, and, and I never go again when well, I'm in shape no you're not going to see it that way you got to go every day. You got to spend time every day. You got to do it. You got to do it. And that over the long run is going to accumulate whether you're going to see results. But what happens is that we live in a, in a microwave society. We want things right away. And if we don't see results right away, what happens? We quit. If we don't see results right away. And, and the opposite is the same too. If we neglect to do the important things over long periods of time, it's going to have a negative effect on you. You know, for example, you, you, you might not see it right away, but if, if I was to say, okay, using that analogy of staying in shape, if I was to say, you know what, nothing's going to happen to me if I eat a pint of uh, Chunky Monkey every night. It might not, nothing might happen the first day, second day, third day. But if I keep doing that every night while I watch TV or something, you know, at the end of a month, uh, th- there's going to be a few pounds around somewhere that are going to let me know, hey, it was negative. So, but you have to commit to do something important every, every day, right? Commit to doing something important every day. It takes 21 days. It takes 21 days. And then the fifth one, the fifth time element that I want you guys to write down is once you decide it was important, once you decide it was important, manage that decision daily. Once you decide it was important in your life, Whatever that might be, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I have dinner together with the family every night. I'm going to manage that decision. Nothing is going to get in the way of that. Even if I have to put it in my calendar, even if I have to put it on my phone with an alarm, nothing is going to get in the way of that. I'm going to manage that decision daily. You know what? I'm going to get up an extra 15 minutes uh, every morning because I want to get in the Word. I want to pray. I want to worship like we learned about the first 15 uh, during the focus season. You know, manage that decision daily because if you don't, you know what? Something else is going to creep in and something else is going is to make sure that that is not going to happen. You know what? 
You have to check your priorities every single day. What is your priority today? What is your priority today? Decide what is important. Decide what is important. If you don't decide what is important for your life, guess what? Someone else will. Whether it's your boss, whether it's your children, <laughs> whether it's your job. But if you don't decide what's important, someone else will. And you know who already knows what's important in your life? God. God knows what's important in your life. God says, you know what? If you come to me, if you really ask me, if you draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. If you ask me what's important, I'm going to tell you. All you have to do is come and say, hey, I'm here to spend some time with you. You know, but sometimes what happens is, is you know, we say that God is our best friend and we use all these nice Christianese sayings. Oh, he's my homeboy. He's my, we're tight. But we never talk to him. Or we never read or we never ask him what to tell us. So we have to make sure about that. So now we know these time principles. So what do we do with them? Because it's still life gets messy and life gets crazy. So what do we do with them? Well, okay, for the next five or seven minutes that I got left, what I want to do is I'm going to give you some handles. And then there are actually three R-letter words. They all start with R. That if we apply in 2019, you're going to see that our time is going to be honoring to God. Our time is going to get in order. And 2019 will truly be the best year yet. So, you guys, Is this helping anybody? Is it, are you guys ready for the next three handles? Okay, so here we go. Here we go. The first handle that I want you to write down and understand is that we have to prioritize time for renewal. We have to prioritize time for renewal. You know, um, like I said before, we live in a time where everything is at a breakneck speed, right? Everything. Everything is so fast. Uh, this generation that we live in, in our generation, we don't know how to stay still. We don't know how to stand still and wait upon God. And yet God tells us in one of the Psalms, hey, be still. Hold on. Slow down. Where are you going? This life is not meant to be a rat race. This life is not meant to be 100 miles an hour all the time. But we have forgotten how to be still. We have forgotten how to say, you know what, I just, I, I just want to take time to be with you. I, I, real quick, I want to look at some stats with you. They're going to come up on the screen, but the, these are the stats that I want to look at. You, you, you know, American adults spend an average of five hours a day on their smartphones. Everybody here has a smartphone, right? Well, you know what, our, our smartphones are getting smarter and we're getting dumber. <laughs> because, I mean, haven't you, and I can see it, some of you are on your smartphones right now. I know you're taking notes, so I know you're cool. But, but, but check this out. Children ages 2 to 11 watch an average of 24 hours of TV per week. That is insane. You know, uh, uh, a few months ago, my wife and I went, went up to Disney World. And, and we were at a restaurant eating. And a, a young couple came in. And they had two young kids. They had, uh, uh, it looked like one was two or three years old. And another one was five or six years old. And they came in. They got sat down next to us at a table. And, and the first thing that the mom did is she took two tablets out. Okay, one to one and one to the next one. And then she went and sat next to her husband. And they both pulled their phones out and started looking at their phones. We were there for almost an hour, my wife and I. And, and we couldn't help but look. And throughout this whole almost an hour, the, that couple never spoke. They just spoke to the wait, waiter. And they just, when they got their food, they started eating. And, and, and you got to tell yourself, what would happen if we slow down, if we put our phones down and we ask our wives, honey, what do you need from me so that I can be the husband that you need me to be? Or if we ask our children, what do you need from me so that I can be the father that you want me to be? 
you know, we have to be renewed. You know, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verse 16, he talks about it. And Paul was someone that he was living life fast, at a fast pace, because he was doing a lot of things for the gospel. But look what he says. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, and yeah, we're wasting away every day. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Paul knew the secret that is not a secret if we're believers. That if we want to live this life, if we want to have our time in order, if we want to have our time in the right priority, every day we have to renew ourselves. Every day we have to come, we've got to say, Lord, I'm just going to stop everything and I'm just going to wait on you. What do you want to talk to me about? It's, it's not coming and said, okay, I'm going to pray today. And sometimes we come and we say, yeah, we're doing our first 15, but we're doing all the talking. And we're not saying, hey, I want to listen from God today. Paul knew this principle. He knew about it. And, 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 and you know, that's the principle of the Sabbath also. God knew it was important for us. That's what he said, you know, keep the Sabbath holy. And I don't want to get legalistic. I don't want to be here. But what he meant was, you know what? I know that life is going to get busy for you. I know that things are going to go crazy. You need to slow down. You need to take a day where you say, stop. You know, Sabbath, the translation of Sabbath means cease. Cease, stop. Don't do anything. But sometimes when we do our Sabbath, okay, I'm, I'm taking care of my Sabbath. What are we doing? We're really not resting. We're we're doing our honeydew list, right? Okay, so I don't have to work today, it's Saturday, but I gotta take care of everything in the house. No, sometimes we just gotta stop. We just gotta stop, gotta stop, and let God speak to us. The second R word that I want you to write down that is important for us to get our time in order is that we have to prioritize time for reward. We have to prioritize time for reward. And, and what does that even mean? Well, how does that apply to us? Well, what that means is that we have to make sure that the time that we're using, where we're investing our time has eternal value. It doesn't have just earthly value. And what is, well, how does that apply to us? Well, if you're a parent here today, what has eternal value? What has eternal value is what the Bible says. You raise your children in the ways of the Lord. You tell them about the God that you serve. You tell you so you slow down, you sit them down, and you say, I'm gonna tell you about the God of your father, the God of your grandfather, the God of your family, the God that goes before you, the God that never leaves you, the God that never forsakes you. That's what you do. That's what you do. That has eternal reward. If you're married, you make sure you date your spouse. You make sure you take them once sometime throughout the week and you say, Hey, today it doesn't matter what else is crowding our calendar. We're going to date because that has eternal value. Don't, you know, we, we learned about a, a, a man last year in one of our series. His name was Solomon. He was a king, one of the kings of Israel. And this was a guy that had it all, smoked it all, married it all, drank it all, did it all. He did it all. He made it a point to say, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to experience everything. And when he got to the end of his life, look what it says in Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes is going to come out there. 114 says, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. That's a key word right there. Under the sun, all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. You know the key word when it says under the sun is because Solomon had an, an earthly mentality. You know what? We have to look above the sun. We have to have a heaven mentality. We got to say, you know, I'm going to invest in things that are going to have eternal value. I'm going to invest in my children so that I get to know Jesus and get to be saved. And I'm going to get to spend eternity with them. I'm going to invest in my marriage so my wife and I can spend eternity together. I'm going to make sure that my family, I'm going to make sure that my friends know about this Jesus that saved me. 
so that we can spend eternity together. So live for the things that really matter. The third one, because I'm running out of time. Here we go. The third one is prioritize time for relationships. God made us to be in community. God is a community. He's three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He made us to be in community. That's why it's so important for us to be in community. You know, it is the only time when you, when you read it, the book of Genesis, it is the only time when, one of the only times when God is doing the creation story, right? When God is creating everything, one of the only times that he says, it is not good. And when was that? When he made man and his man was alone. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. I am gonna make him a helper. God wants us to be in community. We have to prioritize time for relationships. That's why we're always encouraging you to join a connect group. That's why we're always encouraging you to, to get in community. That's why we always encourage you to come to service, come to, come to church, celebrate what God is doing. You know, Paul talked about this in, in the book of Hebrews. Well, I think it's Paul that, whole, that wrote Hebrews, but some people will say different. But in Hebrews chapter 10, it's gonna come up on the screen there in, in, in a minute. And it says this, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day is approaching? The day when Jesus is going to come back. So we have to make sure that we gather around one another, that we encourage one another, whether you're in a connect group, whether you're here, whether you're in a team serving. Gather around people that are going to lift you up. Gather around people that are going to tell you, hey, remind you of what God you serve. Gather around people that are going to tell you, hey, you know, Jesus has a plan for you. I don't care what your world has told you. I don't care what you, the friends that you have out there have said about you. Jesus has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you. He wants to be in community with you. Those are the things that are important. Those are the things that are important. Those are the things that if we, if we make sure that we're thinking about them, if we're meditating upon them, if we're applying them to our lives, we're going to make sure that 2019 is going to be a year where our time is going to be honoring God, where our time is going to be in order. Does this help somebody here today? Why don't we come up? Why don't we stand up to our feet? Why don't we all stand up to our feet? I want to pray for a, couple of, uh, a group of people. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. And, I'm going to pray. We're going to be leaving pretty soon, but I want to pray for two groups of people. If you heard the, 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 the talk today, you heard the message, you heard about time, and it, you might be saying here, you know what? My time is totally out of order. And I get it. My time has been like that. Uh, you, you're probably feeling stressed. You're probably feeling whatever. If that is you, when I count to three, what I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will give you strength, that God will give you vision, that God will give you the courage to do what you need to do to get your time in order. So if that's you, if you want to give your time, if you want to give your calendar, if you want to give your schedule to God, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Father, thank you. You see every one of your people here that are telling you we want to surrender our time. Father, I pray that you will fill them with a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you give them the strength and the courage that, to do the things that they need to do to prioritize the time that you have given them, that they might honor you, they might serve you, and they might glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. And I wanna, I wanna pray for another group of people, yeah. 
with our heads still bowed and our eyes closed for privacy and concentration. You might be here today for the first, second, third time. You might be coming here for a while, but you can stand there and honestly say, you know what, I've heard what you said about time and I don't know how much time I got left, but I know one thing is that I don't have a relationship with that Jesus that you talked about, the one that wants to get our time in order. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you say, you know what, I want to have that relationship with Jesus because Jesus is the Son of God. God says, if you want to have a relationship with me, the only way to come to me is through my son, Jesus. You know, Jesus came down to earth, was alive for 33 years, did ministry here, loved on people. And then one day he took all the sins of the world, your sin, my sin, and he went up on a cross and he died for you and for me. And then three days later, he came back to life because he is God. And that's the Jesus that I want to introduce to you today. That's the Jesus that, I, that, I, that I'm asking you, that if you don't have a relationship with him, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do so today. So I'm gonna count to three, and if that's you, if you're saying, you know what, I wanna know that Jesus, I wanna open my heart to that Jesus, I want him to come in and forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and my Savior. When I count to three, you raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand if you wanna have that relationship with Jesus. Raise your hand. God bless you back there, I see you. God bless you, I see you. God bless you over here, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you there. I see you. Anybody else? So good. Lord, we thank you for these hands that went up. Thank you, Lord, that you got them here today. Thank you that you have a plan for them. Thank you that you saved them, Lord. For those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. I'm going to say a prayer. Is that repeat after me prayer? It's what we call the prayer of salvation. The prayer itself doesn't save you. It's the, the trust that you're putting in a God that saves you. And I'm going to ask the whole church to help us all out. So if you raise your hand, repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my Lord, to be my King, to be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Give him a hand.